Oh, Stephen Harmison with a slower ball. One of the great balls. Given the moment, given the batsman, and given the match, that is a staggering gamble that's played off for Harmison. Hello, villagers. Episode nine today. We're excited, boys, aren't we? <laughs> it's massive. Massive. Absolutely huge. It's nine in German. Um, it is huge. We're focusing on a very important topic today, which is the workplace. There'll be some good stories kicking us off around there from the three of us, three young professionals thriving in our chosen industries. Before we get into that, though, we can confirm that for the ninth week in a row, we have never been bigger. We've never been bigger. We, uh, we've ticked off another new country. So there's a hello to our Icelandic audience. Uh, we've ticked Iceland off the list. Um, we've had a massive shout out from another celebrity villager, which is Mr. Peter Larkai. Uh, Peter Larkai, I'm sure you are aware, is the under-20s captain uh, of the All Blacks and Hurricanes player. And I'm going to attempt, it, out of respect, to greet Peter back by saying an enormous malo elele yes. to Peter. Uh, and in his, in his words, we have never been bugger. So thanks, Peter, <laughs> <laughs> for that, mate. Brilliant. Really appreciate that. Um, good luck. Good luck in your career, mate. You're a friend of Smithy's, so I'm sure that will go just as well as his career has uh, <laughs> and is gone. Uh, what have we been up to then, boys? Well, it's been a big week. I've got uh, my birthday this week, so that's been tremendous. Um, I'm sure you'll have seen on the socials the birthday cake that was made for me, um, which had uh, the Stay Village um, hashtag on it, which was probably the best birthday cake I've ever been bought. Made um, for you by the mother of a child you teach? <laughs> Purchased. Purchased. I mean, that was unbelievable. What a cake. What a yeah, cake. Yeah, golf-themed, football candles. Uh, and then, yeah, they've obviously caught on to the Stay Village. I don't think I've seen a more appropriate cake in my life. <laughs> Fantastic, it's isn't basically, it? basically, what does Mustard Smuth like? <laughs> and they've gone, golf... The podcast and A pluses, and we're going to put them all on a cake. Yeah, a football. I was expecting a bacon sandwich, but you know we'll let that one start. <laughs> <laughs> or a conker. <laughs> yeah, so I've got um, another tremendous birthday card as well. Um, shout out to Jude, who is a massive fan of the pod uh, in my class. He, he drew the Derby County logo and then wrote the lyrics to Steve Bloomer's watching inside it which i could literally could not believe when i got that birthday card um so thank you very much to jude he's a massive listener of the pod um he bought me three shoot magazines uh, which is fantastic and when i saw his mum this week um she told me that in the shower um he was screaming brewers <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> that is amazing it's nice to see the villagers uh rubbing off on the on the youth of uh New Zealand. Yeah, I'm assuming right. that's not Jude Bellingham. No, no. That would be one hell of a uh, listener, I'll be honest. No. Oh, well, a massive hey to Jude then. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, big big Chelsea fan. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Tommy, you're wearing a baseball cap and embroidered hooded top. What have you been doing, mate? Yes, I've come uh, from coaching today. So, obviously, I coach uh, a women's premier cricket team. So, I'm head coach there. Um, so, we had a fitness session, some fielding, and some top-up of skills today. So, very, very good. Um, we actually had a – we've got a Scottish player who's come over um, who's played a bit for Scotland in the junior stuff. And bear in mind, this is the second time I've met her. We had an argument about Scottish independence. So, that bodes well for the, uh, for the next six months. So, um, very, very good. I also had crippling <clears throat> migraines all week, which is oh, uh, which has uh, has written me off for most of the week. But we battled through and uh, got through to Sunday. So all in all, solid week. Good stuff, mate. And um, what about the Instagram poll that we put up for the rugby? 
after uh, the debacle of the quiz last week with a, a lack of knowledge, um, I did uh, try and get something back from the listeners. And I think it was 54% in favour of the Springboks. The villagers think the Bocker are going to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, around t- mid-20s for Ireland and the All Blacks. And a few went for France. I think Ben Pomlet went for France. Hey, up, Pommers lad. Yeah. Pomfreets. Yeah, and they roundly trounced the All Blacks this weekend, so you know, I think that it could could be a good shout. I I literally had a chat with someone at work who was asking me about the rugby, and I said this is the most open tournament I've ever seen, and I've said that with complete no knowledge of what's going on or how the teams are doing. I've just come out with complete bollocks, <laughs> but I actually think I bluffed my way through that. Yeah, you absolutely have. Um, England as well this morning, down to 14 men after three minutes. Usually that's yeah. um, game over, all she wrote, but they, they um, stuck at it and won convincingly against and the Argus. And the Aussies as well, having lost five games in a row with uh, Eddie Jones, have uh, pulled one out against Georgia. Yeah. So look, I have been you know reading BBC Sport. Someone's done their homework. Yeah, I've done a bit of homework, yeah, so I'm quite proud of myself this morning. <laughs> You've got some major problem if the uh, the Cadbury's lovers lose to Georgia, though, haven't you, really? Yeah. <laughs> Georgia also well, famous for producing Georgie Kinkladzi, weren't they? Hell of a player. Yeah. Georgie Kinkladzi, that's right. Yeah, yeah. indeed. One of the better rounds. Um, my Sunday, football was cancelled. We couldn't raise a team. Second to last game of the season, we had a two-hour bus journey away from home ahead of us so not surprisingly we pulled with seven men and canned that on Thursday so I just made a big shepherd's pie and um, sprayed the weeds today. (laughs) How did did the pie come out? Uh, Unbelievable to be quite frank. Um, I had a bit of a back and forth with Akers over um, how how thick the like so with the meat filling how thick slash not thick the sauce should be that cakes that so thick yeah so i yeah. didn't do it thick <laughs> well, um, i don't want to hear anything more then if it's, if it's, <laughs> this is a thin sauce you can get out now well what i did was a thin sauce but <clears throat> probably twice the volume of mash that you'd usually see so you've got a thick, thick layer of mash, not a huge amount of mince beneath, a lot of cheesy mash, plenty of butter in it, plenty of cheese smashed down on top. So I'd say my mash to meat ratio was 60-40, whereas I think you'd find your standard gravy-based meat, you're probably looking 20% mash, 80% meat. Yeah, you've balls up your ratios, haven't you? Mine was an inverted shepherd's pie. Well, yeah. talk me through um, the potatoes. What, I mean, I'm assuming it's not Maris Pipers because they're uh, obviously quite small for... Um, they were big ones that Sarah got from the market. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> were they, they, were they three mud or were they were they, uh, they were clean? They were muddy. I had to clean and peel them, which I was fuming about. Huge admin. And then I only had three left, so I grabbed a pumpkin, a few carrots, smashed them in the pot, turned it into a big mash... Bob's your uncle. The kids have had uh, four types of vegetable and don't even know it. I had a debate yesterday while we were out for my birthday about um, Sunday lunches and how bad they are over here compared to your English Sunday roast. And my friend Mike mentioned um, that he had sweet corn on his and I nearly spat my drink out. What are your thoughts on that? I think I can answer that quickly for you. And what we'll do is... We'll do a quick whip around between us. You have to say one food item that is essential on a roast dinner, and we'll go until we until we stop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to start, and the meat is going to obviously influence what you say next yeah. because we all know turkey because of <clears> cranberry <throat> sauce, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. I'll start with the meat. Okay. And then this will put it to rest. What so goes which way, on a roast? Which way are we going? Are we going? Is it, is it Rafe Smithy? Hammerhead. I reckon we go me, Tommy, Smithy, that order. Okay. Okay. Beef. (laughs) 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 Made me laugh so much. Um, Well, roast potatoes. Honey roast parsnips. Yorkshire pudding. 
Stuffing. Oh, yeah. Um, red cabbage in balsamic vinegar. Ooh. Carrots. Are they uh, are they uh, sugar carrots or are they just normal? I like a bit of honey drizzled on them. Plenty yeah. of salt. Baked. <laughs> Baked. Lovely. Well, if you've got carrots, you've got to have peas. Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, I, this could be a bit rogue, but I always put mint sauce on mine. Traditionally, yeah, yeah, but traditionally, and I was thinking about this. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't <clears throat> mind it. I'm not completely against a bit of semi viscosity on the plate in the form of a mint jelly. Um, <laughs> so we'll allow it, and I'm going to back it up with horseradish. Okay. Yeah, that I, I was thinking horseradish essential, and then potentially again a bit rogue, a bit of Dijon mustard. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with a bit cool. of Jeffrey Dijon. <laughs> and then to gravy. I mean, you've got to have gravy. Cauliflower the cheese. Gravy, the gravy must be thick. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be able to see. You shouldn't be able to see through the gravy what is beneath the gravy. And Correct. if you have, you know you've royally stuffed it up the amount of times i've sent my mum marching back to the kitchen with that well oh my god my mum like and she's probably gonna hate me for this but she knows it already anyway is that she did the most watery gravy in the world and she was genuine it was genuine water and i was no so my dad would always make up a side a side gravy just some bisto just a thick just be like well we've got to counteract it <laughs> my mum would have it you know she's using the juices she's got everything there to make a lovely thick gravy but just water so uh, andy would do a do a bisto and me susan andy would uh, tuck into that good on him yeah, if you, and if she is listening you know a bit of thickening agent in it yeah bit of flour. let it sit and uh you know go again <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, what we can say to Mike is that we don't want sweet corn. Yeah, the last eight minutes of absolute mindless drivel. At no point have we mentioned sweet corn. No, no, it's, it, that's one of the most horrendous things. When you when you mentioned this in the week, Smithy, and you said I want to talk about sweet corn, I was ready to be like, well, hang on, what context is this? And I was like, no, I do like a bit of sweet corn, but did not know it was going to be in a roast dinner. Which is... <clears throat> do I do I like it over a fire? Absolutely. Is sweet corn, is it is it a lovely, you know, accompaniment to some meals? Yes. Do I like should it on it Subway? Yeah, should it be on Subway? Maybe. Should it be anywhere, <laughs> should it be anywhere near a traditional roast dinner? Hell no. no. <laughs> Absolutely, categorically no. And What's that in Pat's sack? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does lead us nicely to, to Pat Sack. Postman Pat, Postman Pat, Postman Pat, and it villagers sad. Send us correspondence so we can talk our nonsense and everyone can have a regular laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, First up in uh, in Pat's sack, I've had a message from Sam Murphy, and this is uh, this is one from a, a couple of pods ago when we were talking about the playground, and he can't believe that we didn't mention hand tennis. Oh yes, mm. um, and he just said, "Just can't believe it." Like that's it was one of the most played things on the playground at break, lunch, after school, bus queues, um, and yeah, furious. And then he he did go on to say that. Um, he also, we also didn't mention dog piles again. Something I completely forgot about. Um, and he specifically referenced uh, Colin Begley breaking his arm and uh, Phil Preston breaking his collarbone. Um, which uh, he said, I'm fairly sure Vince Evans bollocked Ali Price about. So, <laughs> yeah, terrific to hear from Sam from that. I was a uh, really, I really enjoyed that. And then the other one is an apology. Um, just around uh, what the Irish hello is, where I I'd actually had no idea. And uh, Carl David McLaughlin um, was catching up on the pod and messaged me saying, and he just sent me a screenshot. Didn't even question it. He just he literally just put it was a it was hello um, in Google and hello in Irish is dear Gwit. <laughs> Excellent, nice. romantic. That's the man from Newbridge. He enjoyed the call out. 
um, with a shout out rather for, for Newbridge and uh, specifically uh, Kildare. So um, yeah, that was that was what I got from Pat Sack this week. Right, That's I've um, I've had a message from uh, Rob Hodson Walker uh, regarding um, employment, which we're talking about today. It fits in quite nicely. Of um, the Honourable Andrew Woolley, aka Pony. And uh, I've checked this out with his brother, and this is this checks out. This is completely true. So he writes: P was the first team keeper and middle order batsman, and just happened to be going through an absolute purple patch of form. Now, anyone who knows Pony will realise that that rarely, rarely happens. Um, he peeled off an excellent fifty in a cup game where we turned up with ten players to San Diego away to win us the game, chasing two seventy. He then proceeded to peel off a classy 80 against Stainsby Hall at home, where his wagon wheel would have been at least 60 runs through third man. He also had a couple of other scores of note, but unfortunately his role at Bet365, that he was expected to work some weekends. and They were due to play Alfreton away, and P was meant to be working. Understandably, he didn't want to miss the game. He went to work on the Saturday morning and planted some seeds that he was unwell, went to the bathroom, etc., He told his boss he had to leave as he was too unwell. His boss agreed and he then went on to absolutely vomit down the A50 from Stoke, up the A38 to Alfreton and arrived just in time for the start. We batted well and racked up a pretty big score around 300, including 90-odd from me, which is Gaz. He came at the end and uh, knocked off a quick 25-ish. We went on the win to, to win the game, and the news headline in the Burton Mail was something along the lines of Woolies star in Ulruos win. Um, (laughs) his work on the Monday somehow got hold of the paper and read the article he was then called into the office with his boss and questioned (laughs) his response was that it must have been talking about another brother of his I think his story then changed uh, to somebody must have used his name at the club instead of the real name as they weren't registered playing under a pseudonym that's what I would have gone with yeah a few days later, he was relieved of his duties at Bet365. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, tremendous. Well, it's a, great, um, it's a great story and a great reason to be relieved of your duties. Now, I, a little bit of correspondence. So the first one, we listened to uh, episode eight. We touched on the near-mythical character of Eggy, who I played cricket with. And I said, I've got no idea why he's called Eggy, because he had no tangible links to eggs. Um, now, I did have a couple of messages saying I missed the funniest uh, Eggy shout, which is after he'd, uh, just before he was about to bowl, um, somebody, almost every delivery would shout, scramble him, Eggy. Um, that made me laugh. Um, but the reason... It is alleged that Eggy is called Eggy. It's because he looks like Ghostbusters character Egon Spengler. (laughs) (laughs) And so he looked like Egon Spengler and so got the nickname Eggy. And if you do Google Egon Spengler, there's certainly, I wouldn't say it's a dead ringer, but it's if someone's, if the correspondence has made that up, that's hilarious. Yeah. But if that, but I, I'd suggest there's some truth in that. We might have to get a picture of Dave Harlow. That's his real name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We might have to get a picture of him and whatever ghost Egon, Egon Spangler. Spangler. Yeah. And just ghost. that might have to be a poll to see if, if he does look like him or not. I, yeah. I think yes. Um, right. For those who don't know who Eggy is, which I would say is probably 95 percent of the listeners. We might need to uh, clarify that with a picture. And he did wear well, glasses um, when he was younger as well. I think that's where the resemblance came. Right. Yeah. We'll get that poll up then. Um, and the final piece of correspondence I got was from um, the Queen of Elland Lodge, um, Annie Coupland, who sent me a <laughs> message, the first message I've received from her in a long, long time, which said she's loving the pod in Singapore. And she actually has some Chinese developers that work for the company that uh, I'm assuming she works for slash runs. And she's going to try and get them to listen to the pod in China and figure out so we can so we can crack the market, which I think would be an enormous effort from her. That yeah, massive. would be absolutely massive. The problem is they're not allowed to listen to Spotify and Apple over there, are they? Is that, isn't that right? 
I thought that was the barrier that we had in place before. We, we, we re- well, look, she'll find a way. <laughs> I mean, if she's if she's working in tech, surely that's her. Uh, yeah, her forte. So VPNs coming out her ass. Yeah. I got I got no idea what she does. To be honest, she said developers, so she, I don't know. She could be a builder. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to go for a piss. Sorry, I'm absolutely. <laughs> That's staying in. And now it's time for the football roundup. <laughs> okay, lads. I'm going to start with the uh, the fantasy football league for the villagers. So. Um, Basically, well done to James Fern. He still maintained uh, his position at top of the uh, the Villagers pod uh, with 269 points. Uh, we're not far off, lads. We're on 249, so uh, we're literally 20 behind. So I know, again, you've done absolutely zero in terms of team selections. This is all on me, but we'll take that as the three. All um, I want to know who is our captain. Who's uh, we, we captained Harlan and he got hat-trick, so great Good. from me. Um, but everyone did, so not that great. Um, caught, shout out for a couple of team names in there. Uh, Liam Baker has his team name as Rodri Uplonka. <laughs> <laughs> only Fools and Horses, great, love it. A great Only Fools and Horses uh, reference. Um, but the big things we've got today, Warsaw, the only team of ours, gents, to, uh, to play this weekend. And we played Salford away. We were 1-0 down at half-time, but turned it around for a big 2-1 win. And again, I've been having a few chats with a few lads about our, you know, the, the players we've signed. And the two players who've scored, one is FC Draper. I don't know what his name actually, I don't know what the FC stands for, but he's scored. And uh, McKenty didn't even know he'd signed either. So that's great. So oh, yeah. for uh, Salford, see you later, Phil Neville. See you later, <laughs> Gary Neville. See you later, Ryan Giggs. See you later, Paul Scholes. See you later, Nicky Butt. See you later, David Beckham. And uh, see you later to Peter Lim, who's also a co-owner. <laughs> Your boys just took Fuck one hell of a hell beating. Of a beating. Yeah. Bloody hell. But the other thing in the football roundup, which this is incredible, was uh, I spotted something from the second tier Twitter feed that posted uh, how the Premier League would look if it had the teams with the highest average attendances from the, ta- the the past 10 seasons would look. Okay. So, this is what the Premier League would be based on attendance for the last 10 years. You've got Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brighton and Hove Albion, Chelsea, Everton, Leeds, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, Norwich... Yeah. Interesting. Forest, Big fair enough. Norwich. Southampton, wasn't sure about that one, but fair enough. Uh, the Potters, Stoke City. Sunderland, I mean, yeah, you get that up yeah. north. Uh, Tottenham, West Ham, Wolves. And the biggest one, and the reason why I'm saying this, Derby County. You Rams. Go on. That We're massive. Unbelievable. We are massive. Massive. Absolutely massive. I was honestly I saw that. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, yeah, I've got to mention that on the pod. Yeah, Especially superb. Up the Rams. Yeah, so well done, Derby, for your, your ten years of loyalty. Um you would be in the Premier League if it was. Yeah, wasn't considering we haven't actually been in the Premier League at all during that time. Um what was it? 06, 07? was that the last one when you Yeah. Oh seven, oh eight maybe when we had the lowest ever points total in Just, Premier League history. It's a shame that the football pyramids not based on loyalty, and it is based on fiscal responsibility and on-field results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely fair enough. Fair enough. Of which um, we have been a shambles of late. Yeah, but that's something to to be proud of. Be proud yeah. of. League One team, you know, propping it up. So well done, well done, Smithy. Tremendous. So that's uh, yeah, that's the football roundup, guys. Very brief, but I think very apt. Good. Love it. Now we now on to the uh, we're talking about our work. We need to crack on to the workplace, really. Um, we've got some good content. Some of it's unusable, really, um, as we we each have at least thirty years of employment remaining in our lives. So yeah, would be not great to to put some of it down on our podcast, um, but nonetheless, Sniffy, you have got some. 
wonderful workplace stories from your time, mate, working around the globe in many different fields. You might want to kick us off. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, one that sprang to mind immediately was um, the aforementioned Mark Wilcock. He's not cropped up recently, um, but he was involved in FIFA Gate, wasn't he? And Pro Evo. He was. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I I, um, I worked at He's Peter Barker. <laughs> yeah. He and I worked together at Peter Barker's uh, in Olruos. Now, Tom, you'll know Barker's shop, having lived there. It was a bit of an Aladdin's cave. It's very dark in there, and he sold um, really old, expensive whiskies. Um, but then eventually, it branched out into fruit and veg, wholesale fruit and veg as well. And now Peter Barker, he's a bit like Hagrid, like he's a massive unit, big hairy guy, um, with he wore a big leather jacket and his steel toe cap boots, like big unit. He was terrifying. Like he used to deliver his newspapers in the shop, and I was scared shitless of him until I then started working for him. I chucked my newspapers on the floor outside um, the news engine, and then my mum immediately hadn't even been home thirty minutes before she got on the phone to Barker's and got me a job with him. I think he went to school with our dads, actually, Rafe. Yeah, go. he was in in, uh, in their class at school. Anyway, um, so Wilco got a job there with me one summer. And Pete was pretty outrageous, to be honest. And he, he used to buy lorry loads of fruit and vegetables from Holland occasionally. Uh, <laughs> and that we, Me and Wilco were just like stunned by it because we didn't even have room to store it, let alone sell it, most of the stuff. Um, so one morning, this massive lorry turns up at six o'clock in the morning, it's freezing. Um, and me and Wilco are tasked with emptying this great big thing of peppers and um, carrots and God knows what was on there. And we had to put it in these great big cages on on Main Street, like metre and a half tall, big wide, uh, metre deep cages that had um, brakes on the wheels. And because Wilco had only just started working there, he forgot to put the brakes on this cage. <laughs> <laughs> and the main street slopes from the shop front door down to a great big curb, which is like a sizable curb. And I was in the I'm in the lorry launching these boxes down to him and he's stacking up these punnets of blueberries. And they're not plastic <laughs> cased blueberries, they're in these little punnets. Um so they're loose, completely loose. There's probably like 12 punnets in a box and you're looking at a, like, oh, I probably fit 30 boxes in one of these cages. Anyway, we stood there having a chat and gravity took over and this cage full, stacked full of blueberries is rolling down towards the road. The two front wheels buckled over the curve and catapulted blueberries all over the main street. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just see Pete through the window with his head in his hands and I'm lip reading for fuck's sake <laughs> I'm thinking what have I employed here oh god that was so funny I had a photo on my phone for years of Wilco on his hands and knees trying to pick, pick up individual blueberries off the floor on Main Street <laughs> And wow. every couple of minutes, another car would bomb past and just splatter <laughs> blueberries everywhere. <laughs> the whole main street was painted purple. Thousands uh, of yeah, yeah, you're looking at like, a couple of grand's worth of blueberries have gone under tyres there. Uh, yeah, that always made me laugh. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he was there for a while. Actually. So we moved over to Walton in another rogue move from Pete. Um, he up sticks from Oruwas and then bought a barn in the middle of a field in Walton <laughs> to house fruit and veggies and then wondered why he got rats. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. Absolute idiot, honestly. Oh, but a very, very funny man. Uh, and he, I remember Josh Hunt was working there with me once one summer. And all three of us are adamant that if we got paid enough to do that job, we'd still be doing it now. It was amazing. Pete used to give us money every morning to go to the cafes and get breakfast. And we'd just um, be flying around the local village areas, delivering food to cafes, restaurants, like hotels. Um, and one day we took way too long on our journey. Um, we were up over Buxton Way somewhere. Like it took us about four hours to do our round. And we got back and he's like, where the hell have you been? And there's this guy called Bernie from Oruos, that like, old bloke, really funny. 
and he told us to go a random way and we got stuck in traffic. Um, I think Josh said to him, well, Bernie told us to go that way. And before he finished his sentence, Pete went, Bernie f***s his wife, would you? (laughs) 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 Oh, God. He was such a funny man, honestly. He sadly passed away now, but I had some of the best years of my life working with him. (laughs) <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love that. That's good. Oh, um, yeah. Amazing. Can't quite keep up with Pete Barker, but the story that came to mind for me of one that had me creasing up with laughter was <laughs> um, I was, this is years ago, I was working in advertising at the time, so advertising sales specifically. I was working for a company that owned a few newspapers and uh load of websites and we had to sell advertising to fill spots on the website and every year we had a something called a forward selling program so what they did is they sent a company in and the company's job was to host sessions so information sessions for local businesses which basically at the end there was a hard sell so it was you need to advertise. Here's how you advertise. Here's how you can grow your business. And yeah. at the end, you know, if you want to grow your business, sign up here and you signed up for 12 months of advertising. You used to make a load of money, obviously annoy a lot of people as well. And part of the process. So at the time, I was fortunately not involved in having to set the appointments. I was in a sort of managerial role, but I had to make sure that the whole process went smoothly and so there were around 20 sessions that we had to fill full of clients so business owners had to come along and listen to it had to be qualified before they came along to make sure they had the money to make sure that they were a suitable candidate to advertise um yeah online or through newspaper so uh very funny lad called lucas so i think you've met smithy yeah is that durante yeah that's him Dio Durante. That's him, Diodo. He was brand new to the industry and really struggling. He struggled (laughs) a bit with confidence for cold calling. The first task people were given were a list of 200 clients each. They had to call 200 clients and had to set 20 appointments with them. So a 10% strike rate. Basically, you're going to make 200 calls, 20 are going to agree to come to a session yeah. and then 10 will actually rock up. And if more rock up, then great. And then five will buy a package. That was the formula and it was drilled into them all. Yeah. They were all given a script and then we were given a database to put in feedback from the customers. So, for example, you'd call someone who owns a sports shop. You'd say, this is Tom. He owns a sports shop. He turns over $2.5 million a year. He specializes in football equipment. He's looking to grow into junior sports and cricket. Yeah. He'd write something like that. So Lucas is plodding away for a couple of days. And my boss came up to me and said, can you ask him about the guy from Lagana Plants Plus, which is a garden center, who he said he spoke to yesterday to get him along to one of the sessions. And I said, yeah, that's fine. No problem. And I went over to Lucas and said, mate, you've been calling um, Speller Jeff from the garden centre at Lagana. I'm just confirming he's all good to come along and, uh, you know, and that he's going to be there and he's keen because I've been asked. And Lucas said, yep, no, 100%. He's definitely coming along. And Lucas had added him into the database and said, yep, Jeff, he'll be there 2 p.m. on Thursday. Can't wait for it. Likely to buy some advertising. And so I went to my boss and 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 was pleading his case and saying, yep, yeah, no, he's, he's fine. And my boss turned to me and said, well, it's pretty fucking funny that is, Ray, because Jeff died two weeks ago. <laughs> 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 and so what Lucas had been doing, bless him, is making up every single phone call oh, no. and writing oh. fake notes in. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's great. Which was great. Fantastic. Really good stuff. Tommy? Yeah, I, I guess a few of mine are slightly controversial. Um, 
but I'll, I'll talk about one. I won't name who I was employed by, but it was for a newspaper. Um, and basically, I I did this newspaper, and there was a couple of lads in the village. Dom Richmond uh, was a part of that as well. And I had to deliver 250 papers a week for £6.18, which is not a lot. And I remember when right. I first put the entire <clears throat> of those newspapers i then went to a cash point to take out my money and the minimum takeout was 10 pounds so i actually couldn't <laughs> use the money i'd been paid so i was actually furious now fast forward probably a month of me just getting more and more irate with this and uh, me and me and dom had spoken and thought you know what we're not having this anymore uh, we'll recycle them so when i say recycle we went down to the irony which was uh <laughs> Iron Bridge in, in Oruwus and we'd sneak across there and there was a lot of grassland and we would uh, throw our papers um, thinking we're doing a lot for the environment. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I got a letter through the post um, which my dad opened and had said, uh, we know that Tom has been dumping his papers and uh, we would like uh, the money back for the papers he hasn't delivered. Um, of course, my dad, uh, for those in the pod who don't know, is a lawyer. Um, uh, yeah, criminal lawyer. Criminal lawyer. So very apt that I'm. Uh, he's looking after me in this case at, at sort of 14 years old and said, uh, I, you have no proof. Um, there is no way, no way in hell that you can, you can say, convince me that that was Tom who dumped the papers. <laughs> Their response was simply a letter. Uh, um, that had a picture attached to it, which was the said dumped newspapers with my pay slip in it. <laughs> so uh, that did not end well um, from that point. And of course, I spoke to my dad, and, and he said, "Well, you're you're a complete idiot, aren't you?" And I went, "I am." And he said, "Are there any more papers uh, that you need to dispose of?" And I went, uh, "Yeah, there's a few in my wardrobe." And he's got over my wardrobe, and the the wardrobe was probably, I reckon, about eight feet tall, probably two feet wide, and completely full of newspapers. Uh, he then said, "Is that it?" And I went, "There are, might be a few under the bed." He's then looked under the double bed, and completely chockers is all a load of newspapers. He then said, "Right, final time now. Is there any more?" And I went, "There might be some in the garage." Of course. He swandered into the garage and I'd uh, basically taken the cover off from the barbecue, thrown it over these papers and he put them there. And he just went, well, I better go to the tip then. So he's loaded the car. He had to do three trips to Burton to the, to the recycling and throw all these papers away. Oh, and anyway, they came back and said, we want the money. And he said, well, legally binding, he didn't sign a contract. So um, no, he will not be paying a penny. So that was a lesson learned at 14 years old. Now, I know my boss, my current boss, listens to this podcast. And I would just like to clarify, that was me as a child and not me, and my, <laughs> me at 34 years old. The other one I would speak about. Now, this was uh, when my mum had a midlife crisis and decided to buy a hair salon, not being able to do anyone's hair. Um, and, yeah, she employed me and my sister to do stuff on a Saturday morning um, where we would basically sweep up hair, make coffees and teas, and just do general admin. Now, again, I took absolute liberties with my uh, said mother and did none of it and uh, basically got sacked and the, the tipping point was when she was looking around for me and there was there was hair that needed sweeping up couldn't find me she's burst into the women's lose and i'm sat there on the toilet not not doing anything but i'm reading a women's magazine and she's gone <laughs> go home just go home and, sacked uh, by your own mother sat by my own mother uh, on the spot she didn't even pay me for that day either and she was there looking back rightfully so yeah um but then also my sister then got swiftly dismissed a couple of weeks later so yeah uh, la rouge swiftly went under after that um and yeah that was uh yeah a Brilliant. highlight sat by my own mother so that was cracking so you two both worked together at the co-op right we certainly did in barton that there must be a story or two from there well, firstly, with that, I remember that there was a few of the lads in the village who actually were applying for that job. I remember Dave Chawner, uh, he'd actually had the interview first, and I didn't tell him that I was interviewing, and I asked him what the questions were that they asked, and he told me, <laughs> blindly told me every single thing they asked, so I managed to like go, right, let's, work up, let's get this down, work out some answers. So I walked in, and I've nailed every answer and yeah. been employed. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, we then got Rafe then got employed as well. So there's the two of us, 
and uh, we got sent to, to the big co-op in Litchfield to, for training. Uh, where <laughs> Kath Payne was there. She drove us there. I think that was the first time I'd ever been to, to Rafe's house. And, uh, yeah, me and Rafe got in the car and uh, Kath Payne just absolutely blared um, basement jacks for the entire <laughs> half an hour journey. <laughs> Sped all the way there, sped all the way back. <laughs> what was the name of that guy who worked in there that was Gordon. quite famous? Yeah. Looked like yeah. Alan from The Hangover. Yeah. Now, Rafe, you've got some stories about Gordon, I think, specifically around Las Vegas. Um, but for those who don't know what Gordon is, yeah, obviously looked, looked very much like Alan from The Hangover, but complete weirdo. Um, and... Yeah, once we had a, a school, what was it, sixth form party, and me and Rafe finished a shift, and Rafe <laughs> and myself both dressed as Gordon from the co-op, so Rafe <laughs> with incredible beard, and I just drew one on, and we went in our co-op gear to a sixth form party. <laughs> um, uh, legendary times, and also um, remember, Tom, you and I sharing a night, sh- well, an evening shift together, so... Uh, I think a 5 p.m. till 10 p.m. shift and deciding it'd be funny when it got quiet to hide underneath the tills and when someone came up to be served we both stood up like robots and both at exactly the same time said hello welcome to the co-op <laughs> and just watch their, rea- <laughs> watch their reaction <laughs> oh god it was right one one more thing about the cob as well and again this was another five till ten uh night shift right you must remember this when we uh we were completely bored there was no one in i think it might have been a friday and we've just we've looked down the the first aisle and that's where all the drinks bottles were and we've literally made a bowling alley with lucas aids like the big fizzy lucas aids we've got, we've got a load of melons from <laughs> from the fruit and veg aisle and we've just proceeded to then just play 10-pin bowling down the aisle, <laughs> knocking over these massive bottles of LucasAid, fizzing everywhere. Complete <laughs> chaos. I do, I do vividly remember that. There were really, really, really good times. And just nicking bags of Haribo, and they're going, "Why is it? Why is right? You need to look out for the school kids. They keep nicking the uh, the star mix. Yeah, so, no, we'll look out for them." Just being <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, brilliant times. You got a quiz for us, Smithy? <laughs> I have, boys. For a, a little bit of a different one this week, we're going to go home or away. So you're going to get one point if you choose to go home, or you'll get three points if you choose to go away. So there's three different rounds. Um, yep, you got to choose home or away. So I've had to prepare six questions. Well, home for being a favoured sport, and away being our least favoured. Correct. Sport. Yeah. Can you get right. a win on the road and score yourself three points? So, Rafe, do you want to go first? Home or away? Home. Ooh, okay. Um, Can you name two of the top five Burton Albion scorers of all time? I researched the top five scorers in Burton Albion's history. That is a bloody hard question, that. I I think you should get it. Aaron Webster. Uh Uh-uh. You're joking. No, you're going to kick yourself. Darren Stride. No, no. <laughs> you are going to kick yourself. Number one, Lucas Aitkins. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, number two, Billy Billy Key. Yeah. Oh. Uh, number three. Out, uh, Pirelli. <laughs> number three, Sean Harrod. Number four. Calvin Zola and number five Jacques Magama. Unbelievable! So, yeah. I've really messed up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know all of those players as well, purely off you, Rafe. Yeah. I can't believe Jacques Magama has scored more goals than Aaron Webster. Aaron Webster took free kicks and penalties yeah. for fifteen years. Yeah, Webby was uh, Webby was next on the list, I think. And right. with uh, Jacques, what's his name? Mah- Mah- Magama. Magama. Jacques Magama. Magama. And why did Pesky sign him? 
Uh, he signed him on a free because he looked like Mr. T, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it remains nil-nil. Tom, home or away? Well, judging off that, for <clears> me, <throat> I'm thinking away must be the most incredibly hard question. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go home as well, just to play it safe. Okay, um, this is regarding Warsaw Football Club. Yeah. Um, the Poundland Bescott Stadium, as it's known, <laughs> I found yep. that out today, which was very funny. The home of Warsaw FC was opened in 1990. To the nearest thousand, what is the capacity? I'm pretty sure it's 11,500. Well done. 11,300, but I'll give it to you because it's to the nearest thousand. Well done. 1 0 to you, Tom. Oh, Rafe. Uh, away. Okay. Um, athletics. It's been the, the World Championships of Athletics. Is, I think it's just come to an end. Anyway, I remember a very famous athlete um, who has held the triple jump world record since 1995. British bloke. Do you remember who that is? Jonathan Edwards. Correct. He's got three points. <laughs> Amazingly, he broke the record in... The first round, and then beat it again in the third round of that uh, World Championships. Well done, Rafe. Three-one. That's really put you under the pump now, Tom. Yeah, I'm trying to think tactfully here because if I go home again and I get it right, <clears throat> three-two, and I'm one behind, and then Rafe could go away, win it. Yeah. So I have, to, I have to go away purely on the fact that I can't, I can't rely on other results. Okay. Motor racing. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Who recently broke the Formula One record for the most consecutive wins? Ten in a row. Max Verstappen. Correct. Oh. Well done, Tom. Oh, so I've got lucky there. You've asked me the top five <laughs> scorers as an easy one. Mate, you know all five of those football players. Are yeah, you, should, you should have got that. You should have got at you least. You should have got you that. Should, you should have got them there. Oh, okay, so that's 4-3. Okay, Rafe, back to you. I'll go home. Which team, we're talking cricket now, yeah. which team has won the Big Bash the most times? Can I, can I buzz <laughs> in? Get this wrong? No, I know the answer to this. Go on then. The Perth Scorchers. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, they've been in the final five times against the same team, Tom. Sydney Sixers? Correct. Well done. Yep. yep. Right, that makes it 4-4. Four, four. Right. Going into the last round. If I lose this, is there a bonus round? Hang on, is that right? Rafe, how many have you had? Yeah, he's, he's four all. But how I'm many goes three. have you had? Uh, two. He's had two, I've had three. Right, so this is for the win, Tom. And is there a bonus round if he gets it, if I get this wrong? Uh, I've got plenty of questions yet. Well, on that case, for a bit of fun, I'm going to go away. <sighs> okay. Um, American football. Oh, crikey. Okay. Who are the current Super Bowl champions? Starting again this week. <laughs> It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Well done, Toffee. Rafe thought he had that then. <laughs> yeah, well done. Tommy takes it out with a few uh, away questions there. Ah, good. I enjoyed that. That was great. Well done, Tom. Yeah, I mean, the Bird Albin question, I'm, I'm still baffled. I was thinking back too far. I was overcomplicating a very simple question. I think you've just you've just had Darren Stride in your brain for the yeah. last two or three weeks, and you've just. I just I was thinking longevity. Jacques Magama would have had four seasons tops. Darren Stride played for fifteen. Aaron Webster <laughs> fifteen. How have they not scored more than Jacques Magama and yeah. Billy Keys? Only three seasons, I'd yeah. say. Well, isn't Aaron Webster a left back? Yeah, he was. A yeah, left but he back. took he took free kicks and he took pens. So you've got. I've I've seen Aaron Webster score five or six myself. Well, that's not and, enough, is it? 
and that was probably it. Believe, so Billy Key, let's say, I mean, this is a sign of how bad Burton Albion are because <laughs> he got forty-two goals Billy in Key total. Played three seasons for Burton and scored twenty in each season. You're telling me someone who scored sixty goals is in their top five goal scorers list? Yeah, someone who scored thirty-two goals is in the top five. That is unbelievable. That's, that's all time. Yeah, all time. Embarrassing. But you've got to remember, like the amount of transfers in that in the lower yeah, league, yeah. Like, playing one two seasons. Yeah. Well, that again, that leans to the point where I think, how did Darren Stride not score thirty two? Surely he scored more than two goals a season. For his career. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, Tom, I had a great one for you. If you'd have gone home again, um, oh, go for it. Go for it. Let me some, try and answer for a bit of fun. Um, some famous commentary. Um, Peter Siddle's got a hat trick on his birthday. <laughs> Peter Siddle took a hat trick in the twenty ten Ashes. Um, can you name two of the three people that are involved in that hat trick? The people Matt Pryor, Stuart out. Broad. Matt Pryor and Stuart Broad. Well done. Broad, he was the hat trick baller. Yeah, yeah, he was. And Alistair was it, was, was it Cook as well? Yeah, Alistair Cook was the first one. That's good from you. Yeah, I was. Um, I listened to that commentary again today. It really made me laugh. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> He's got a hat trick on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, boys, we better wrap her up, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Correspondence, where do they find us? Well, correspondence, so, again, we've got the Twitter, at the Villagers Pod. We've got the Instagram, which is our most favoured, at the Villagers Pod. Um, And obviously, everyone, keep passing the pod, sharing it with your friends. We want want more listeners. We want to keep cracking and building, building the village. Um, and then, of course, if you want to go real formal, um, you know, if you're at work and you've got nothing to do, uh, please email us at thevillagerspod at gmail.com. And birthday cakes are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apart from that, lads, uh, gr- great pod. Enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay village over and out. Keep your sweet corn off your roast. <laughs> is very good the swing works the oracle again quite brilliant from simon jones